Now for something completely different. The corporeal manifestation of white noise. Here's Brian Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and people of all sexes, especially those of you still searching for a cute prom dress to go with your Bud Light, it's time once again to endure the numbing sensation of intellectual vertigo as the dizzying talents of the two and only return for your weekly injection of news and comment, similar to those uttered by Dan Rather and Brian Williams the likes of whom will live extemporaneously in the Broadcasting Hall of Shame, located in Dundalk, Maryland. Once again, we come to you bearing all the news that did not fit on news outlets across the medium spectrum. Now, for our hundreds of new listeners, uh, introductions are required. Brian Wilson's my name. I'm sitting behind a microphone wearing a blue T-shirt. My pronouns are bite and me. Joining me with his customary soupçon of insightful trepidation, best-selling author, journalist, the New York Post's not-so-secret secret weapon, and rising star in the broadcasting firmament, returning fresh <laughs> from another victorious appearance on New York's WABC radio, the man whose image is a bobblehead of inspiration on the ZZ Top tour bus, my multifollicled compatriot of some 30 years, James Bovard. Brian, thanks for your kind words. The uh, ZZ Top line is a new one, and I'll add that to my um, CV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I figured that now this is uh, your uh, 2-0 and at WABC and uh, assorted uh, stations and podcasts around the country. Uh, and uh, to mention the Fox and Friends appearance, I got to figure that um, you're on the top guest list of uh, some of these big city uh, outlets. I think that's uh, that's going to be great. I just hope that uh, you don't get plagued by after SAG for a membership card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I ain't holding my breath on either one of those scores. Yeah, well, actually, I wouldn't mind so much the after SAG thing. It'll help my pension plan. But uh, I want to take a closer look at your conversation. By the way, for those of you who missed it, former New York mayor, now occasional talk show host Rudy Giuliani, up there on the uh, 50,000 Watt Clear Channel New York Heritage Blowtorch at WABC, my, one of my alma maters. Uh, by the way, for those of you watching at home, if you missed either Jim's article or the interview, both are available for your dining and dancing pleasure at jimbovard.com. A couple of things uh, I noticed, Jim. Uh, Rudy said that he was uh, uh, surprised, I, I think the word was surprised, that the absence of prosecutorial recommendation in Durham's report, only that the FBI and the DOJ failed to follow their own rules. And I said, well, okay. But in an earlier interview with um, Bob Barr, uh, with Brett Baer on Fox, uh, Barr claimed that Durham, uh, he'd only charged Durham with getting evidence uh, to get to the bottom of just what the hell happened with all this and resulted in this in this huge scandal. And according to Barr in that interview, Durham did that. Nothing more, nothing less, leaving most everyone else waiting for, you know, some measure of responsibility that has a prison sentence attached to it. Uh, I'm not casting any aspersions at Rudy's comments. I mean, most reactions have been, uh, you know, some measure of outrage at the total lack of individual accountability for the uh, for the huge roster of bad guys, some of whom Durham names, so uh, basically, could one say that Durham did some, all, or none of the job with the years and millions of dollars he spent? What do you think? Well, it's um, I understand why folks would be disappointed that he didn't have more successful uh, prosecutions. But there's a lot of great details in that report. And if you read it and put it in perspective of the previous inspector general reports, 
it shows very clearly there was a profound FBI bias, anti-Trump and pro-Hillary. And that was what drove the FBI in 2016, pulling all kinds of strings. Uh, first to whitewash the Hillary campaign and second to vilify the Trump campaign. And that continued at the election with uh, FBI Chief Comey uh, leaking uh, his, his um, you know, documents to a, a New York Times reporter with classified or confidential, call it what you will, information that spurred the appointment of uh, Mueller as special counsel, which then vexed the nation for two years. So uh, there's, there's very good details in there. It's interesting. It's kind of like um, many of the details in the report are better than some of the summaries of the report included in the report, because it's like some of this information is holy, holy crap. Whereas, um, you know, some of the recommendations and stuff like that's kind of uh, typical bureaucrat sock in the mouth stuff. I guess the uh, the part I was trying to understand through it all, and I, 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 I frankly admit I did not read all 300 and whatever it is pages of the uh, of the report, but uh, but in in dribs and drabs and uh, and page here and three pages there, there there did seem to be a, a lack of of anything other than reportage and summary of parts that we either suspected or known had dribbled out or not over the years this thing was going on. But uh, is it true? Again, not not casting uh, anything at, at Bob Barr, but his statement seemed to indicate you know, that the lack of recommendations for crimes committed from Durham was not part of the uh, charge that he gave him, that it was just to do uh, summarize all the stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of great information, but uh, is it safe to say, essentially accurate to say, that Durham uh, did not drop the ball on saying things like, you know, Clinton, Comer, Clapper, you know, Strzok, all these other people should be hung from the nearest street lamp. Well, uh, he's not the kind of guy that uh, writes reports saying hang people from the street lamp. But again, there was stuff in that report. For instance, there was a line about how senior FBI and uh, Justice Department officials placed restrictions on the investigation of the Clinton Foundation. Now, this Clinton Foundation uh, collected hundreds of millions of dollars from uh, squarely foreigners when she was Secretary of State and when she was running for president, getting ready to run for president as well. And so there were all kinds of red flags on this, but he had top people in the FBI saying stop the investigation. At the same time, they were grabbing any pretext to uh, you know a slap on a FISA surveillance warrant wiretap on Trump campaign officials. So, and if you put this in the light, there was an inspector general report in May, in uh, June of 2018, that vivified how completely biased the top FBI investigators were in this case. I mean, they were just kind of raving in their text messages of, of their uh, contempt for Trump and Trump supporters. And if you combine that with this, then you have an overwhelming evidence of FBI bias. Um, I'm puzzled why uh, uh, the special counsel Durham didn't make that clear, but you know, there's a lot of things I don't understand. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, along with the rest of us. But uh, I'm getting the sense 
based on your interview, uh, your article, and uh, the other things that have accumulated uh, over the years around this entire snotball scandal of uh, Russia, 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 and, and so on, that the uh, what's really at the bottom of it all is that despite the IG's report with all the various and sundry factual outrages that were contained in there, despite uh, the dearth of information for the Mueller report, just push that aside, but the, the nuggets that are in the Durham report, what it all comes down to is, and the reason for everyone's uh, angst, anger, and frustration is that the entire Justice Department, FBI, administration, whatever, has been, to use the common parlance, weaponized, uh, or they've just been injected with a massive dose of apathy, who knows, you know, political apathy, uh, the biased apathy, that it it really wouldn't matter. It really wouldn't matter if Durham had come out with, you know, specifics and charges complete with prison sentences and recommendations, fingerprints, mugshots, and everything else. There's no one there to pick up the ball and run with it from a prosecution standpoint. So yeah, all these laws were violated and it was pretty much out there from bleach bit with Hillary to, you know, to, to Comey saying that, well, there's no point because uh, she didn't intend all these indictable violations, but, but who's going to, who's going to run with it? Who's going to arrest anybody in this administration? uh, It doesn't look like it. And even whatever was going on during the Trump administration, he was, he was either too inexperienced or too beguiled or whatever to, you know, to make any moves there. Not that any of his Justice Department was uh, inclined to get involved either. Yeah, well, Merrick Garland's not going to be uh, filing any uh, charges based on the Durham report. So, but, but it probably would not have mattered what Durham found or approved. Uh, Merrick Garland's uh, Justice Department would have said, well, never mind. It's uh, water under the bridge. It's important to move forward, to come together. And uh, I mean, it's it's pretty amusing that the FBI responded to the Durham report by uh, putting out a, pr- a press release saying, basically, yes, yes, there were missteps, but we've had, uh, but we've made reforms since then, so they aren't relevant. And it's kind of um, that they could do that after uh, the Durham report laid out so many uh, brazen examples of bias. Um, in the treatment of the Clinton and Trump campaigns in 2006. And uh, almost nobody in D.C. is scoffing. It's like, okay, fine, yeah, you know, the FBI isn't so bad. It's kind of funny. Uh, Jake Tapper at, at CNN was one of the few people who was um, who basically understood what the report meant. And, uh, and he said that it was devastating to the FBI's credibility. I think that's the quote. I'll uh, chuck it here. But... Um, Almost everybody else is like, well, uh, you know, it didn't really find that much. And, you know, I mean, there's uh, there are so many people who are vested in the uh, Russiagate scandal, which was, um, you know, Durham helped show was a mirage, a sham, uh, a, f- a flag of convenience for the anti-Trump folks. Uh, it certainly helped them raise fun, raise money and get cam- uh, speaking events. But um you know, it's not getting much traction in D.C., but these are the same kind of people who've been putting the FBI on the pedestal for many years. Well, I, I did think it was uh, either a stroke of genius or hubris, one or the other, uh, for the FBI to write its own forgiveness 
with regard to all of the adjustments they've made. So now it'll it'll never happen again. But in fact, it is happening again. There's they're already involved in election interference, failure to investigate charges on Hunter Biden's laptop, the president himself, evidence uh, uh, all that to uh, failure to uphold the law, intimidate whistleblowers. I mean, all that's going on right now. So I don't know what uh, I don't know what they did to fix it. Maybe they were fixing things that won't uh, expose them as as they did with subsequent investigations. Uh, I don't know. I was impressed about what uh, a number of things. I, I, first of all, I'm really proud that Rudy's uh, come along pretty well when I was up there and he was mayor and, and all the rest of that. Uh, you know, we, we crossed paths a few times and uh, there's a, a significant difference when one can operate as a talk show host and one has to operate as a politician or a mayor. Uh, but uh, I, I thought he really did a great job in, in, the, in the conversation uh, that y'all had, uh, not to mention all the stuff that you brought to the table. But uh, one of the things that got me was there at the end, uh, Rudy asked you for your ideas about what to do going forward, which I thought was truly remarkable. Uh, 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 ordinarily, uh, uh, people in that position uh, have no interest in what the guest spending is. They're busy flogging their own. So, um my memory is, first of all, you said that the uh, the government need to be made accountable to the law. Yeah, you know, I um, I was trying to sound reasonable. Yeah, well, uh, I <laughs> when, uh, but it's still, it's a good point. As you think you pointed out, when the people guilty of breaking the law are the ones making the laws or not, uh, that, that appears uh, to be a serious conundrum. And I've forgotten exactly what I said. I should listen to that uh, interview, MP3. But um, it's necessary to have the FBI under the law and under the Constitution, but that's hard to do because so many people on Capitol Hill are afraid of them or else bootlicking to them. And so, um, as I mentioned, there, was, there are some members of Congress who are smart and tough and principled. They're sure as hell not a majority. So I don't know. Um, I don't really know how you can fix that because the FBI has got so much power. It was over 50 years ago. House Majority Leader Hill Boggs talked, gave a speech on the House floor about how so many members of Congress were full of fear against the FBI, and it's like. Yeah. Oversight? I don't think so. Right, right, right. Well, you also cited in the Giuliani interview, uh, you referenced the uh, the, the church committee uh, and, and the, the yep. after effects of that. Yeah. So, so in 1975-76, you had the church committee hearings and reports. They were devastating to the FBI. Three, four years later, the FBI turns around and does a sting operation, nailing uh, five or six members of Congress with the abscam bribery. And it's like, yeah, many congressmen are, are um, scoundrels for taking bribes, but when you have the FBI with the power to pick and choose which congressman it tries to destroy uh, with, with a, a variation of entrapment, I don't know quite what the definition of entrapment was that year, according to the Supreme Court, they keep changing it, narrowing it. But it's a mockery of the rule of law when you have federal agencies with so much power that Congress is afraid to uh, pull in the reins. How much of this do you think uh, had its origin uh, under J. Edgar Hoover? Because uh, as I recall, he was uh, pretty notorious for doing uh, you know, various skullduggery and dirty tricks like this, he, he, even without the, um, the technical advantages of the internet and satellites and spying equipment and so on that we have today. Yeah, well, he was huge uh, back in the 1930s uh, some Supreme Court justices were worried that Hoover had wiretapped their uh, hearing room uh, where they would meet and discuss the cases. 
So, um, and he was doing wiretaps all over the town. And there were, um, every now and then, a judge or some uh, boss would tell him to stop doing it. And he, you know, he'd pause for about three hours mm-hmm. and then, you know, find an excuse to do it again. So, um, complete travesty of uh, government under the law. And uh, it worked out badly for the U.S., for, certainly for the Constitution. Yeah, really. Yeah, but I just wonder, and maybe uh, uh, maybe it's my, um, uh, you know, I haven't read enough, <clears throat> certainly not as much as you've read. And, uh, well, I have written, I have read all you've written, but I'm, I'm curious, would it be simplistic to say that with respect to the FBI, that beginning with Hoover and going all the way up to Ray, that, as you just mentioned, with the kind of power, authority, technology, uh, not to mention being infiltrated by such quality people like Strzok and Clapper and, you know, blah, 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 that that really is it. I mean, I seem to recall um, you writing about uh, in Feeling Your Pain. Uh, I hope I got the right book. It may have been a separate article. The amount of uh, work that certain Clinton operatives were doing in offloading, downloading files and files and files and files of confidential confidential files, you know, from uh, different intelligence sources about uh, government officials, congressmen, senators, and so on. And and so when looking for a reason why Bill and Hill are you know aren't wearing international orange somewhere is because they've set themselves up almost similar to the FBI model with, and this is total speculation, I'm just trying to connect some dots here, that the, the that they've got that information that they could use it against anyone who would try and make a serious attempt to put them put them behind bars or to, or to pursue a case against them. The, the fact that, uh, I guess you'd have to assume otherwise, that as you've just pointed out, yeah, there are some quality individuals up there serving in Congress and Senate, but they're in a distinct minority, and there is never going to be any headway against uh, people who are inclined to do bad, rotten, anti-unconstitutional, anti-rule of law things like this uh, group we've seen over the past four, eight, ten, twelve years. Yeah, well, it's the uh, the uh, betting odds in favor of transparency and justice are not good. Uh, it's amazing to see how much um, the, the Clintons got away with. It's amazing to see how much George W. Bush got away with. Um, President Obama, I'm sure he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> how sensitive. Well, you're probably right. I mean, who would want to argue with that uh, without, of course, being called a racist? I want to point out, uh, and uh, we discussed it briefly there, uh, for those of you, again, uh, watching at home, if you uh, if you go to the Libertarian Institute uh, online, libertarianinstitute.org, um, you'll find an article, the FBI vetoed the 2016 presidential election by one James Bovard, which takes his New York Post article and amplifies on it uh, with additional details from different areas, the IG and so on, and kind of puts some meat on the bones of the Durham report that uh, you should find uh, edifying, not calming, but edifying in, uh, in in some of the details of uh, just how much my favorite word cod swallow was out there uh, uh, around this thing. So so going forward, uh, Jim, I, I get the sense based on your response to Rudy about uh, well, uh, what do we do? What do we do going forward? That uh, there doesn't appear to be uh, enough uh, spine, uh, guts, and other body parts uh, assembled on Capitol Hill 
to do the things necessary to make this happen. Uh, one of the things I've heard is, well, they, they, they cut the budget of the FBI. Well, what, what difference does it make? Anything you want to do with them, if if uh, you buy, if you buy the notion that the deep state, the FBI, the CIA, the you know the NSA, all the rest of those are part and parcel of essentially running the country uh, by intimidation, then there probably isn't much you could hope for. Well, um, yeah, I'm I'm not optimistic, uh, but. It's helpful that Durham uh, put out the facts on the table. So it's a lot clearer that there was a um, inside uh, FBI effort and other agencies yeah, to, yeah. to tilt the 2016 election. We're still learning about some of the uh, rascality of the 2020 election. But it's if you look at how the media is spinning this, it's actually kind of amusing. Oh. Well, you know, Washington Post had an editorial yesterday and said that the uh, that the um, one of the solutions to the problems uh, unveiled by the Durham report is to further empower prosecutors. <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I guess I, I think I missed that passage in the report here. So, but exactly. it, 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 this is a Washington media mindset. FBI, Justice Department, they're on a pedestal. They're going to stay there. I mean, uh, you would need to have a scandal that was just so incredibly tainted. Um, involving groups that liberals uh, this year claim to care about uh, before it would shake their devotion. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. I think the... Uh uh, I think their their ability, their talent in mastering the uh, the fine art of the ignore button, uh, not to mention with their own rationalizations and delusions and so on, to maintain the grip of power amplified by the media that's you know, that's all on their side. Like I was uh, noticing last uh, last evening, uh, just for grins and giggles, I flipped over to ABC, uh, and uh, David Muir made not one mention of the Durham report. Uh, he had. Thunderstorms and blizzards and murders and stuff like that, but did not mention uh, did not mention the Durham report at all. I don't know about NBC and CBS. Maybe they did, but the uh, it, but if that's the type of treatment that the mainstream media is going to deliver, you have editorials like the one you mentioned with the Washington Post and and whatever, then people will be kept in the dark uh, for the most part, except for those who go online and search out alternative media's. Uh, sources and, and so on to find out. But um, see what the week brings, and maybe we can get into your uh, Libertarian Institute uh, article uh, next time around. I did want to mention, in a uh, rare display of logic from the logic-free zone, I noticed the Federal Housing Finance Agency announced that they're backing away from that full potato stupid uh, that uh, canceled uh, the brilliant Biden plan uh, to charge a special penalizing mortgage fee to people with certain debt-to-income ratios uh, that um, that you, your very own self, Mr. Bovard, wrote about in the New York Post uh, about a month ago. Uh, so it looks like you're having some positive effect on the swamp dollars, James. So the uh, so the Federal Housing uh, uh, Finance Agency they're they're backing away from the debt-to-assets stuff, or are they also backing away? From penalizing people with good credit ratings. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. If I can, uh, good. Good. If I can. I don't know if I can find it uh, quickly enough to uh, to bring it out. That, uh, but yeah, that was. Um, I saw that just before. Uh, in fact, I think it's on Zero Hedge, but maybe not. Uh, that, uh, but I thought, well, hey, look at this. This is uh, this is good. This is uh, this is a step in the right direction. Um, but I just throw it out there for a hot lick on the basis of. Uh, 
the fact that you wrote about it, uh, I think uh, around the 24th or something of last month, and now here they're uh, they're all having second thoughts. And they're saying, well, hooray, hooray for hey. you, hooray for journalism, hooray for a modicum of good sense that manages to burrow its way into somebody's cranium inside <laughs> one of those buildings over there. But um, anyway, I thought, uh, I, uh, in summation, I just want to say, I thought, I thought the interview uh, was great. Rudy did a great job. You did a great job in response to him. I'm really glad that anytime you hear uh, somebody in that position give a guest that brings as much to the microphone as you do the the, the latitude and the time, you know, to go into it, to be able to bring up Abscam and Church and, you know, and go all those uh, different points that you mentioned in the interview available at jamesbovard.jimbovard.com. Sorry, just as a reminder. Um, I, that's uh, man, if all talk radio was like that, maybe I'd still be in it. But anyway, that's. Uh, ah, I wish you were still in uh, still WABC. You could do some great hell raising there. Oh, yeah. that's probably why Mr. Casavidibides, uh, whatever the grocery store typhoon, uh, stays as far away from those people recommending me as possible. <laughs> but that, that, that'd be uh, that would be fun. It was uh, I mean, it was fun uh, being libertarian esque when we switched from music to talk back in the early '80s. It, I, I think probably uh, for the length of time I had to practice my my uh, my fare up there that the New Yorkers were too in shock to really have a uh, organized reaction. But uh, nevertheless, it's uh, nice to see Rudy on there. Hopefully he'll continue to, you know, like he said, he reads your articles all the time, reads your columns all the time. And hopefully he'll continue to invite you back to be on his show. That would be very cool uh, for uh, all the all the deluded minds that currently populate the uh, Isle of Manhattan and five boroughs. But um, on that note, uh, here uh, here we are, a mere 89 shoplifting days until Christmas. And as we're always compelled to remind you, don't risk uh, uh, an empty pantyhose hanging by the fire at your ex-spouse's house this year. You want to fill them with all 10 of uh, Jim Bovard's best-selling uh, and top it off with a couple of mundane thrillers from uh, yours truly. Far better for everyone on your short list would be to find some fine reading material from the never popular two and only. Just put James Bovard or Brian Wilson in the Amazon search bar and stand back. You'll be blasted with the complete collection of Bovard's big ones, award-winning <laughs> books, as well as the incorrect URL for the Beach Boys' greatest hit. Uh, then just let your fingers and credit card flip through the furtive flavors of Bovard's madness until you inflict a paper cut on the selection of your dreams. For your inner masochist, grab my uh, free subscription to uh, Substack and uh, never miss another comment or syllable from your beloved to and only. <laughs> On that depressing note, Jim Bovard and I, your hosts and hosts, will uh, meet up here uh, sometime in the not-too-distant future to defoliate those tiny hairs in your ear canal. So don't say you haven't been warned. For the rising multimedia star, James Bovard, and with overwhelming tintabulation from our bell-ringing engineer, Joe Ted, I shall remain Brian Wilson until Hunter Biden's indictment. On the other hand, don't fail to remember our separate but equal ego-stroking blogs, safely logged and loaded at jimbovard.com and brianwilson.net. Well, those are all the old knock-knock jokes we can perform for you right now. Thanks again for squandering some time with us. Go ahead and pull the plug there, Joe. Thank <laughs> you.